Chapter 29 of Arona, The Siege of Castone The horns blew, waking all soldiers and calling them to the cliff's edge to receive their battle assignments. I was already awake. I had hardly slept. It was nearly dawn and I got out of bed and put on my armor. About an hour later, the combined forces of the Aaronic Alliance, as we were now known, stood ready for the siege to begin. King Richard came riding up in full armor, calling out to his soldiers as he rode past. The lives of your family and friends depend on you. This is a day that will go down in history. A day you will be remembered as a hero. And if you fall in glorious battle, you will become a legend, for you will be the savior of your family's line forever! The men cheered, and the large Newdonian trebuchets immediately began to lob heavy boulders at the first gatehouse. Fire! The other siege weapons and beasts of the Alliance also began to fire. The large rocks smashed into the first gatehouse, which caused an explosion of wood and stone. Our enemies were thrown from the walls and towers, falling to the sea thousands of feet below. Cheers filled the air. Nothing was left but rubble. Recalibrate for the second gatehouse! Fire at will! A legion of allied soldiers ran out to where the first gatehouse had been, carrying the light blue flag of the Alliance with them. The blue represented the Arone, and the yellow oval chain represented peace and unity on Arona. The Alliance had now been divided into 42 different legions, made up of an equal mixture of soldiers from every kingdom. This prevented one kingdom from taking control of the Arone when the city was finally taken. I was assigned to the 37th legion. The siege weapons continued to barrage the second gatehouse for the next few hours. It was much farther away from the cliff's edge, making it difficult to hit. Smaller ammo was used because of the distance, but it meant less damage to the thick stone walls and tall towers. None of our beasts were able to throw stones far enough to reach the second gatehouse, so only war machines were used. Eventually, the fortifications of the second gatehouse began to crumble. I watched as the tallest tower spilled over into the sea, taking most of the remaining gatehouse with it. As soon as it fell, our soldiers ran across the narrow bridge towards what was left of the second gatehouse. They used their ladders and climbed the crumbling walls, but were met with arrows, hot oil, and stones. The loss of life was terrible, but with sheer numbers, they were able to defeat the remaining defenders. The crowded cliff's edge cheered their success. Only one more gatehouse stood between us and the city of Castone. Sire! Our men will now be within reach of the city's defenses. Yes, replied the king. But I'm afraid we have no choice. Proceed. Recalibrate the war machines! Smaller stones about the size of bowling balls were brought up in wagons. The third gatehouse, which was much larger and more heavily defended from the previous two, was too far for our large boulders to reach. For the rest of that day, the siege weapons of the Alliance fired upon the thick walls of the third gatehouse with little effect. Every attempt to set up our siege weapons on the narrow bridges that led out to Castone were quickly thwarted by the third gatehouse's great defenses. One of our type of beasts, 
that looked like a hairy stegosaurus was having some success. They wore thick metal armor and were trained to run out towards the gatehouse and hurl a barrage of stones from a type of platform attached to its tail. It would then run back and would be reloaded. It would do this repeatedly until it fell over from its wounds. I walked along the cliff's edge and watched the next troops preparing for battle, waiting for their legion to be called. Some covered themselves in paint, others danced and chanted around colorful smoke fires, while still others sat quietly in meditation. Every kingdom or being seemed to have some type of ritual as they prepared for battle. After many hours with little success, several legions were sent out to attempt to rush the final gatehouse. Castone rained down hell upon them, quickly obliterating our brave warriors. The main city defenses were devastating and thousands of times more powerful than the small gatehouses. Excitement faded as the third gatehouse disappeared into the darkness, seemingly unbothered by our day-long siege. Continue firing throughout the night, commanded King Richard. I intend to take this city tomorrow. We watched as he returned to meet with the other leaders. All night long, fire-lit ammo shot out from the cliffs towards the third gatehouse. The next morning brought terrible news. The Queen of Pennylork, who I had met in the Grand Tent, had died in the night. She was more than 900 years old and much loved by her people. She had been taking far less of the Arone than usual in an effort to keep as many of her subjects alive as possible. Many of her family and high-ranking officials had committed suicide shortly after, as their strict code of loyalty tied their lives to hers. Others walked throughout our camp, wailing in pain and sorrow, and completely covered in blue body paint, which signaled their suffering. With this dire reminder of what was at stake, the battle cry of the Aaronic Alliance sounded, and our next legions rallied in excitement, then charged out to the slightly damaged final gatehouse. Despite their bravery, our soldiers were no match for the full arsenal of the city of Castone. Boulders, large arrows, fireballs, chains, and thousands of small metal shards quickly ripped through our charging legions, tearing them apart and throwing them to the sea below. The cliffs went completely silent as we watched in horror. Hundreds of soldiers who reached the third gatehouse were set on fire from oil that must have been poured on the stone bridge. We could hear their screams as many of them jumped to their deaths to the sea below. It was heart-wrenching. Chosiah turned away from the terrible scene and started sobbing. Next wave! Move up into attack formation! Commanded King Richard. Horns rang out and the allied soldiers bravely obeyed, running across the crumbling bridge, yelling as they went, just like the soldiers before them. They were slaughtered no match for the death that engulfed them. Castone cheered their demise as we stood by and watched helplessly. King Richard didn't hesitate and yelled again, Next Legion! Wait, sire, please, said General DDA. I have an idea. Some adjustments are necessary. We can provide our men with larger shields to protect them from the city's defenses. We could also send some of our beasts. Maybe they will be able to withstand the barrage. King Richard looked annoyed, but nodded his head in approval. It seemed to me like King Richard had lost himself in his anger. 
I'd read about and heard about what a great leader and military strategist he was. Had his anger over his grandson's death and need for revenge clouded his judgment? It seemed like it. Several hours later, the next wave of assigned soldiers had been outfitted with thick wood coverings that when carried together formed an overhead shield. They slowly made their way across the bridge towards the third gatehouse. This time, accompanied by armor-clad siege beasts known as Roldums. The Roldums, which looked similar to an elephant mixed with a triceratops, had platforms built on their backs, full of stones, which they grabbed with their powerful trunks and threw at the gatehouse. This was effective, as the stones started to break away the gatehouse tower. Large crossbow-like machines on top of the fortifications of the city shot many metal arrows at the Roldums during the attack eventually bringing the beast down. The new strategy seemed to be working though, and this time many of our soldiers made it to the final gatehouse. Once our soldiers get close enough to the gatehouse, Castone can't fire on them without hitting their own men, explained the general to the king. Just then, a high-ranking official from the Vienne Federation rode up. The kingdoms of Unesh and Bakar are leaving. They say their kings are dying. Cowards! We're all dying! Leaving won't stop that! Thousands had been lost trying to take the final gatehouse, and still it stood as another night fell. The next morning brought more terrible news. The kingdoms of Saxet and Topanga had left in the night. Chelsea and I went back to the cliff's edge to join her grandfather as dawn broke. The 14th Legion was preparing to invade. <laughs> what's happening? What's, what's going on? I looked out and could see ships, slowly sailing into the harbor below Castone. Your Majesty, look, said the general. The kingdoms of Unesh and Pakar. I couldn't believe it. A cat must have spies in our camps, offering the kingdoms a roan if they join him, said the king. They will pay for their disloyalty. We watched on as the soldiers, who only yesterday stood by our sides, were raised into Castone. Suddenly, a roaring of yells came from behind us. We were being forcefully pushed by the masses toward the cliff's edge. I grabbed onto Chelsea's wrist as she was almost shoved into the sea below. We're being attacked from behind! Everyone push back! Hundreds of soldiers and animals all around us spilled over the edge to their deaths. My lord, it's the kingdom of Saxton and Topanga! They're trying to push us off the cliffs! Their beasts are stampeding our men! King Richard let out an unnatural deep yell while mounting his horse and using it to push through the tightly packed men of the Alliance. His knights tried to follow, trampling those who wouldn't clear a path. Then all the soldiers of the Alliance pushed back as we inched away from the cliff's edge. Climb to the top of these rocks so you can't be shoved off the cliff. I'm going in with your grandfather to help, I said to the princess, mounting my horse. Not without me, she snapped back, riding ahead of me. Turn around and fight, yelled the princess as she rode by a group of soldiers trying to flee. You're pushing us off the cliffs! Fight, you cowards! Fight! Eventually, we reached thousands of trampled beings, animals, and their camps. I watched as our warriors brought down the last of the stampeding beasts and killed the remaining traitors. King Richard turned to General Didier. Spread the word to all commanders. From this moment on, no kingdom will be permitted to leave until Castone is conquered. Any soldier attempting to abandon the Alliance will be killed on sight. We made our way back to the cliff's edge, and I couldn't help wondering how we could possibly win. Despite King Richard's confidence, 
Three days later, we still hadn't taken the last gatehouse. Our enemies began to broadcast propaganda through loud, horn-like instruments in every language. Save yourself and your leaders. There is still time. Throw down your weapons and join us. You will be given a roan and pardoned. Save yourselves. Save your kingdom. Save your families. Join us now. The announcements blasted out continually, even throughout the night. A mood of despair descended upon our camp as soldiers began to look older and older, like feeble great-grandfathers about to take their last breaths. Even Chelsiah was starting to look older, and I began wondering how much time she had left. One king, two queens, several generals and other leaders continued to die as did countless soldiers. The situation had become even more dire, and we weren't prepared for what was to come next. Your attention! It has been decided that all beings over 70 years of age must report to the front line, yelled a herald. Younger beings helped their fathers, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers suit up for battle. Many of them hugged and cried as they said their goodbyes. Men that had once looked young, strong, and brave now looked old, frail, weak, and terrified. They knew they were going to their death. But what could be done? Without the capture of Castone and the Arone, all would be lost. They would all die anyway. Their kings and queens would die. Their loved ones back home would die. They had no choice. Grandfather, why? asked the princess. Why are you sending all the older soldiers into battle first? They're dying, said the king, who looked noticeably older. The Arone has run dry. Without it, they may be gone before they get a chance to fight. We've got to save our strong for the city. We're growing weaker every day. We watched as he struggled to climb up on his horse. The real battle hasn't even begun yet. We still have to conquer the city and its keep. The rest of that day was by far the most painful to watch. The elderly soldiers charged to their deaths in a final attempt to outlive their natural lives. That night, I began to doubt my decisions. I'd come here for Josiah, but now I found myself caught up in a terrible war, one that looked impossible to win. My turn to attack was quickly approaching. Was this my fate? To die here, now? I found myself thinking of my brothers and wondering if they had reached Nocera. No 